Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irving Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Seven Podcast Network. Listen different. <laughs> Love it. Ooh, welcome back to Simpin' After Dark, everyone. It's your girl, Ashley Mendoza, here for a very special episode it's a halloween episode we got psycho lover volume two last year was a lot of fun so this year i had to bring my girl on to hear this shit and get into it stephanie hi i'm stephanie valenzuela master steph master steph welcome back to the podcast it's been a minute so happy to have you back happy to be back i think it's your first time this season so i was like you gotta get on here at least one episode so yeah i'm super excited we always usually get into psychology stuff because that is your thing right (laughs) like a certified doctor master (laughs) psychotherapist associate marriage and family therapist thank you i always forget (laughs) neurosurgeon (laughs) she does something with brains all right so steph is really smart she knows all about this shit um so today we're going to be talking about attachment styles in relationships specifically and then kind of some background on them and how the research came about um we're going to be talking mariah the scientist which i actually just kind of started getting into her music it took me kind of a minute i heard her music like last year and i didn't super get into it i was like it's cool but then this year when she dropped right right worlds i was like okay this is dope listened to it a couple times and then i was like all right i gotta do this song and then um fun little fact that i figured out while i was like looking into her is that her birthday is october 27th which is when this episode drops so if you're listening to this episode today then it's her birthday and she's a scorpio and it's scorpio season halloween episodes so i was like perfect and then i went to go add the song that we're going to be doing to the simpin after dark playlist on spotify and it was already on there so i was like you know what it's meant to be beautiful i love it i love when shit like that happens um 
yeah, let me go ahead and play a clip of this song. And um, what else was I going to announce first? Amigas is happening soon. I think November 4th we're planning to drop. So stay tuned with that. Follow it on Instagram, Amigas the Series. Shout out to Wild 7 Studios for hosting as always. And yeah, let's get into this episode. I'm super excited. Oh, and also thank you everyone for sending in stories. I know I've been asking you guys on here and on Instagram. We got some really juicy ones. Um, Stay tuned. I'm going to probably read some and sprinkle them in just throughout the episode. We'll see how it goes. And also I mentioned like probably the beginning of this season how I was reading this book called Attached about attachment styles. So we're going to get into a little bit of that. Um, But before all that, we always got to do some music. So let's go ahead and hear a clip of this song. Disappointed is the least I could say. These women would lead you astray. I guess you just want to live life outside a cage. And I hope you'll change. But look at what we Okay, Beautiful. so that was the song. <laughs> it's called To You, by the way. I don't think I said that by Maria the Scientist. How do you like the song, Steph? I loved it. Um, I first heard it when, you know, you sent it to me, and I was like, wow, this is, like, dreamy, haunty kind right? of. Right, I love that, yeah. like, yeah, that low-key, like, haunted vibes, yeah. for sure. A lot of her music is like that, very, like, bittersweet, um, just, like, broken-hearted undertones, but just, like, in an evil way, like, you listen to her other songs like Beetlejuice and Reminders, Revenge, a song called like Nightmares or something like that. That's her vibe, which is perfect for this episode. That's why mm-hmm. I picked her and it just all worked out. It's about just kind of grieving a relationship that is no longer, but recognizing it for all like the nice, like good things that it was, like even though it was toxic. So I don't know if this whole sentiment is a little bit toxic, like romanticizing a relationship that just went sour, but just like reminiscing on it. I don't know. What do you think? Do you think that's a little toxic? I don't think it's toxic. I think it's real. And that, um, you know, I think everyone kind of does that, especially when you're the one that's hurt. Um, When you tend to have a recent breakup, you don't really think of the bad things unless you're completely over it. But you just start to reflect on like those good things and try to keep the good um, stuck in that memory and stuck in that person of just like, well, you know, I I remember these positive things about this relationship and this person. So do you think it's kind of maybe like a coping mechanism maybe to like help you get through it? Hmm. Hmm. I wonder. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about getting through it. I think that it's just the the grievance. It, yeah. Like just like with the death, you think of the positive things about that person. It's really rare that you're going to be like, "Well, that person was like a piece of shit anyway." That's so true. <laughs> you know, so yeah. it's it's almost like they died inside of you. Yeah, because that is kind of like breakups and all that relationships ending is kind of like grieving something. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, they're still alive, but it's a sad as fuck, and yeah. you have to like get used to them not being in your life anymore. Yeah, so just kind of like the vibe of that haunting, like that person is still haunting her where she's you know, thinking Mm -hmm. back of their memories. 
Yeah, and that's like the whole like uh, feeling I get from this song. Like, I feel like if you were going through a breakup, like the song will make you cry. Yeah, like for sure. when like the chorus <laughs> kicks in, it's like so beautiful. Yeah, I'm like oh, it's so good. Um, yeah, let's get into some of these lyrics. And she, by the way, she has like a genius like lyric video so if you want to get more into it go check that out it seems like she's still kind of in touch with the person that she wrote this song about which is kind of a little weird to me but i think it's like from a mature place where she like understands that she can never be with this dude like he is not good for her and she's kind of like at peace with it but a little bit not it seems like it and it seemed like she also told him like if you're gonna keep doing what you're doing to the other girls you know you're what you did to me then it's not going to ever work out for you. So yeah, it seems like she is at a separated stance of like, yeah, to I see what you did to me and I see that you're probably going to repeat that behavior again. Yeah. And she could even like kind of advise him. For yeah. Like future relationships. Yeah. Like she wants him to be happy. Like she knows it's not going to be with her, but like she still mm-hmm. kind of is looking out for him. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. Uh, verse one, she says, guess it's best to get this out in the open. Like my heart was once, but now it's closing. You were lost and a little unfocused, but maybe you hoped I wouldn't notice. And then in like the genius video, she's kind of saying how like this whole song is everything basically she wishes she would have said to him while they were together. Disappointed is the least I could say. Who knew these women would lead you astray? I guess you just want to live life outside a cage and I hope you change. That line gets me. It like makes me so sad. Like, I guess you just want to live life outside a cage. Because, like, she knows that he views being with her as, like, a trap. Like, he's in a cage. Like, he's not free. Even though to her that's not what it is. But, like, she knows that for him, like, this isn't going to happen. Yeah, I thought that was an interesting choice of words because it's, like, her saying it. Yeah. But, yeah, like, I don't don't think she views it as a cage. Yeah, I know. Like, she loves him. I feel like she still loves him. But she knows that for him and, like, his lifestyle because he makes music too. Mm -hmm. So he's, like, an artist. He's pretty big. Um, I went on a deep dive and I figured out, I think she's talking about Lil Yachty. I'm upset. <laughs> to say the least, disappointed. <laughs> disappointed is the least I could say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she's just very beautiful. And it seems like he has done a lot of said mean things and just made her feel very bad. It's always like that. Like some like beautiful ass chick and just some little gremlin. No offense, Lil Yachty, if you ever listen to this. Um, All right, so in the chorus, she says, but look at what we made. Sure was beautiful. Now I lay it in a grave. Now I'm all covered in dirt. So, okay. That's her just like reminiscing and realizing like everything we had. It was beautiful when we had it. But now I'm literally like covered in dirt. Like the remnants of our relationship and like what you put me through. And I just still feel like dirty from everything. I'm not like in this pure clean state I was before you so it's like some real shit because I feel like every relationship you go through like you leave a little piece of yourself or like Mm -hmm. you gain like a piece of somebody else like you're not just you anymore when you're going through all this shit I think it's rare to just like go back to who you were no because I mean you're learning from something either way you're either learning in a good way or you're learning in a bad way where you're gonna you know, either be um, mistrustful of others after a shitty relationship. Cheated. Or, yeah. There, I mean, but there's a piece of that relationship that's always going to come with you. Yeah. It's like beautiful in a sad way. Mm-hmm. All right. And then she says, and I try to behave, but whenever they play our song, don't know why I feel ashamed. Don't know why I don't belong. 
And then in the Genius video, she explains how um, her and her ex used to listen to Blonde by Frank Ocean just, like, all the time. So she associates, like, that album with her ex. So whenever that song comes on now, like, even if she's with someone new, it just, like, shakes her up and puts her, like, in this funky mood where she, like, starts thinking about him. And she's just, like, I don't know if, if it's upset, but just, like, you know. She's, like, not in a good mood anymore, basically. She's thinking about him. And then, actually, in the song Beetlejuice, she mentions Frank Ocean and is, like, very specifically talking about him. So it's definitely the same dude, and that's from her past album in 2019. So she's, like, still making music about mm-hmm. Homeboy. So he broke her heart, yo. Pretty sad, but I'm happy for her thriving and, like, also making her mark in the music industry. Yeah. So she he has to hear this shit, mm-hmm. too. Um, but I think that's like the shittiest part about like breakups is not being able to like listen to music anymore. Even in the genius video, she mentions how she isn't sure if the reason that a song can shake her up like that is because maybe she's not fully over it. And like in my head, I was like, yeah, because for me, like if I feel like I still can't listen to a song because it reminds me of somebody I think it's I'm not over it. I still love them or I'm still hurt because like I can listen to everything now and I can notice a difference. Like when it's the breakup is fresh, I'll listen to music specifically that I know is going to make me cry because I just like to torture myself (laughs) and just like get it all out. I'm like, let me fucking play this song on repeat and just cry. Right. Mm -hmm. And then once like I don't cry anymore or it doesn't make me feel away anymore. That's like when I know like I'm over it and it kind of speeds up the process a little bit. So Y'all should try it. It's like a cathartic. Cathartic? Yeah. Like, it just helps you get it out, yeah. I think, just faster. Yeah. Do you also think that if you're still not able to listen to something or if you associate with someone still and it upsets you, you're not over them? I would say so. I would say, like, you know, when people say, oh, I'm triggered, that triggers me. Um, I don't think that that's something to just, like, oh, okay, I'm sorry. Like, of course, respect that that's a trigger um, to somebody else. But at the same time, that person that's saying that needs to know that they still have some healing to do in that area and that they can't always just accept that they're always triggered by something. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very difficult. And, of course, you know, there's a lot of things that are um, hard to overcome. But just know that that's something that is an area and so this is a small thing, like a song mm-hmm. is a trigger and it, it put, puts you back in that memory and it may be hard, but that's something that's like, okay, I need to reflect on that. Yeah, that's true. And I wonder if there's like a difference between like, maybe you are over them, but you're still hurt by what they did. Hmm. You think you could separate the two? Yeah. I, th- I mean, uh, I think it's a hard separation. Yeah. But, um, I think it's doable. Like, I think it's something that can be separated. Yeah. I would probably be upset if I was, like, dating someone and then, like, a song came on and they just got in a funky mood because it reminded them of their ex. I'd be like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't be with me then. Why the fuck are you still thinking about them? I don't give a fuck if you're triggered. Fuck you. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Take that shit personal. Like, no, <laughs> Still in love with their ex. <laughs> I don't play that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then verse two, first flight back to Atlanta five years later, wish I listened when they told me don't ever accept no favors. 2am in the parking garage. It's clearly a no brainer. Should have left you last July, but I was only trying to save us. 
Maybe it's these memories or maybe it's the chase or maybe it's whenever I roll over to your face. Whatever it is, I know you don't want to be saved. No, I never thought it would go up in flames. So she's just really good with her words and just like giving you a good visual that's Mm -hmm. like just super sad. Like as much as she fought for it and she knew when she should have left and she had been telling herself like I need to get out of this. She still tried, and I feel like that's girls do that a lot more. Like they try oh, yeah. to just save shit until it literally is up in flames. It's like the the motherly thing in them, you know, always trying to fix somebody, always trying to help, and you know, only oh, you know, if I just do this, then you know, we'll work out. And it's always that you know, I'm yeah. able to fix this. It's crazy how we're just like socialized to be that way mm-hmm. since we're young. Yep. Like why? Let's raise everybody the same. So, like, girls aren't out here fucking seriously doing this dumb shit, you know? VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Ready to elevate your home? Picture this. Central heating, a cozy fireplace, or your dream walk-in closet. Build a backyard oasis, go green with solar panels, or start a business. It's all possible with Figure's Home Equity line of credit. Unlock up to $400,000. Apply online in five minutes. Funding in as little as five days. Head to figure.com and transform your home. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Um, And that is pretty much the song. Um, Encourage everyone to go check out her music if you haven't. And if you have, then congrats to you. I wish I would have started listening to her earlier. Her discography isn't that huge either, at least on Spotify. I don't know if she has like other songs. But um, in this interview I was watching on Complex, she did mention that Beetlejuice was the third song that she'd ever recorded, which is on her previous album, Masters. So, like, she literally just, like, decided she wanted to make music and just started making it. There's even an interview where she's talking about how she feels like she doesn't deserve it because there's so many people that have been trying at this forever and Mm -hmm. that it just came so easy to her. It wasn't something that she had planned on. It wasn't, like, a dream of hers from when she was little or whatever. So it's pretty interesting. Wow. Because she's just naturally good. I love her voice. It's yeah. like deep, but like her tone is really nice. Mm-hmm. Reminds me of like Summer Walker a little bit. And they're both from Atlanta. So shout out to her. So now that we got that music portion out of the way, we can get into some of this Halloween psycho shit. I'm so excited. Yeah. All right. So I'm trying to think if we should read a story first. 
And which story I should read first? I feel like I should have ranked them like from <laughs> the craziest <laughs> to like the more mild ones. Yeah. Because we do got um pretty wild one. We got like two voice memo ones and then the other ones I'm going to read. Um, Let me start off with one just because it's kind of different from all the rest. I feel like um, a lot of them kind of have similar themes. So I want to read one that was just a little bit different. This girl said, oh, girl, I got one. My most recent ex tried getting me pregnant on purpose to feel secure in our relationship instead of working on things. And when I found out, he had no apologies. That's some psycho ass shit. Scary. I was like, yo, I'm pretty sure that classifies as a rape in certain states. Trying to get someone pregnant. I didn't ask details on, like, how he tried to get her pregnant. But that shit is not okay. I know, like, I don't know if it's California or a state that just recently classified, like, um, taking off a condom without consent or, like, letting the girl know as rape now. Wow. Officially, because it should have been. And men do trap women, too. It's not just women that are (laughs) trying to trap men, which is, like, the stereotype. Mm -hmm. But, no, guys that ain't shit will try to... Trap women too, so... Imagine that going on in Texas? Exactly. Now you can't even get an abortion. That's like, scary. Yeah. It's terrifying. So, yes, that is some psycho shit. And if a dude is ever trying to do that to you, run. Please, run. Save yourself. All right, Um, right. Let's start talking about attachment. I know we've kind of briefly talked about it. I'm not sure how in-depth we have gotten into it in previous episodes that you have been on. But yeah, give us the rundown. So uh, in the shortest way possible, um, attachment style is something that um, starts as like an infant and um, between you and your parent. Usually, um, I would say most of the research has to do with the mother um, because it also has to do with breastfeeding and those types of things. But I would say... um, It is um, how confident you feel in your surroundings um, with your parent there. So um, attachment styles, um, if you have a secure attachment, then um, your mother is also comfortable and you are also comfortable exploring your environment while your mother's there. And if she were to leave, then you would know that I'm okay in my surroundings because I know that my mother's going to return. And so there's other type of insecure attachment styles. It seems like there's about three other ones where there's like anxious, uh, avoidant, and um, fearful, avoidant, and uh, disorganized. So I think that they all have to do, they're like insecure, and then it's like subcategories of that. So depending on how your mother was with you, um, if she was consistently maybe not there or sometimes there for you and then sometimes not it's going to make you like anxious of like okay how's she going to be today or you know how am I going to be able to be in this setting so that actually carries on to your relationships with your partners as an adult so that's kind of what we're going to be going into of how those type of attachment styles affects your relationships yeah that's crazy and like it's really cool and like interesting that it started as like research on like babies with like the mom and how they like realized it actually carries into the like your adult relationships and like there's really cool information about it it's really good to know like and know what your attachment style is and just become aware of it because it'll take a toll on your relationships then there's like different attachment styles that tend to like clash yeah (laughs) clash and like I feel like you always attract like certain type of attachment styles like the anxious with the avoidant and like that shit's toxic as fuck yeah yeah definitely 
And like, it was really interesting. Um, the book I'm reading, I think was saying that it's pretty much like 50% of people that are like secure attachment and all the rest are like something else, mm -hmm. which is wild to me. Cause I'm like, that's one out of two people are secure attachment. And I'm not like, that's crazy. <laughs> and I'm not either. <laughs> <laughs> like one out of two and I don't like, like what the fuck? <laughs> I know. And I think in another thing that I was reading that it was saying a majority are se secure. So I'm just like, what the hell happened to me? That's not what it feels like. <laughs> it reminds me of like those like tweets where people, I feel like people always do these fake tweets about like, oh, my therapist told me this. And I'm like, that yeah. doesn't sound real to me, but uh -huh. okay. I'm but like, it was like, who was your therapist? Because like, <laughs> yeah. she shouldn't be telling you that shit. <laughs> yeah. Or it's just like some generic shit. And like, you'll see somebody recycle the tweet like every month where it's yeah. like, you all have the same therapist and the same fucking Weird. experience. Like, yeah. Stop doing that shit. Um, but like that one where people talk about how like their therapist will ask them if they feel like they're, if they have anxiety or if they're like depressed or if they are, if they have depressive like episodes or whatever and people are always like yeah like don't we all and then how the therapist is like no yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's wild because i feel like if you deal with that shit you feel like it's normal because it's your normal and then you find out that no not everyone does deal with that shit yeah especially if you know you're dealing with it your whole adult life then you just assume oh everyone as an adult goes through this <laughs> i guess this is growing up <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, yeah Oh, that's freaking crazy. Um, yeah, so the ways to develop it is basically how you had your relationship with your parents growing up. And, like, you know what's so weird? I just, like, saw something about how, like, men can have the same impact on their babies. But usually, like, the research is, like, geared more towards, like, women. Like, when it comes to, like, breastfeeding and, like, those early developmental, like, months yeah, especially. Yeah. How, like, men can also, like, have that connection and, like, do the whole, like, pheromones or all those hormone transference and shit like that mm, i i haven't read too much research on the pheromones with men but um i mean it is pretty crazy how much of a difference fathers make on um you know male and female um children yeah and i feel like all of like it's all the blame is just always on the mom. Well, guess who does the research? <laughs> Men. Of course. <laughs> so they're going to be like, what are the women, what I are know. the mothers doing like, wrong? Poor moms can't <laughs> catch a break out here. Like everything is your fault. Like yeah. if you turn into like a serial killer, it's usually because of the mom. Yeah. And like, I could see it, but I think it's because the mom usually has the relationship exactly. with the kid more. So yeah. it's just like correlation, but it's not really causation. You exactly. Know? So let's be aware of that, y'all. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so let's get into, I guess, these different styles, attachment styles, more like individually and like what it looks like. So secure, what does that look like? This 50% of these motherfuckers out here. It's that you are comfortable in your relationship. You're comfortable with your partner. You have trust in your partner um, that you're able to... Um, be without them, separate from them. You um, you guys could independently have your own interests and still come back to each other. When you are feeling anxious or scared or worried or anything's going on, that you know that you can find comfort in your partner and that your partner will help relieve that stress. Love that. Wish that upon everybody listening. Please. <laughs> um, okay, and then anxious attachment. What would that more look like? Uh, that seems to be more like that you are um, clinging to that person, that you're worried, um, 
you know, that you're not going to feel secure in your relationship. Um, you constantly need reassurance from that person. Um, and so, yeah, it could look more like you being clingy or, you know, overly needy with that. Clingy um, people look into it. You probably have anxious attachment style mm -hmm. and it's probably annoying to your yeah, partner. Um, fearing um, abandonment. Yes. And I say that's annoying to your partner as somebody that identifies with a lot of anxious attachment style things. So I'm not judging nobody, okay? All right, it's hot out here. <laughs> and then uh, avoidant attachment. Avoidant attachment um, seems to be more like um, you are already expecting that that person is going to leave you or, you know, something is going to go wrong. So you kind of detach yourself and... Um, basically you're um overly independent um so like i don't need anybody i don't need my partner um to go to this um they're gonna leave me anyway i'm, I'm gonna figure this out on my own i feel like it's like you try to suppress kind of your feelings yeah a it bit. is well because you're not confident that your partner is going to relieve that and so you're suppressing it you're not showing your emotions you're not um uh, expressing your emotions um, or like your feelings of what's going on you're just thinking like well they're not going to help me anyway or maybe I might be bothering There's them. no point so what's the point of expressing myself yeah that's crazy mm -hmm. um I wonder if that's like I feel like that's I this is based on zero research on my half I'm just saying like I feel like guys are more like that way than anxious because I feel like when girls are usually like complaining and like toxic relationships it's like the girl's always trying to get through to the guy like i just can't seem to connect with him like he won't like open up emotionally or tell me any of his feelings yeah and um i would think that that probably has to do with like a cultural thing that um you know especially at least coming from someone that um is coming from a hispanic family that you know men aren't really allowed to express their emotions so um you know if the son was going to their you know very hispanic mother and you know expressing it's just like oh you're being a baby relax or you know these kinds of dismissive things where it's just like okay well now i learned that i need to comfort myself and um, I can't really express how I'm feeling. I'm probably going to be bugging my partner and that I'm not able to express all my worries because they're just going to be annoyed and like, you know, okay, get over it kind of thing. It's so sad. I feel like, yeah, definitely like men are socialized to like kind of end up being like yeah. in an avoidant attachment. And which, which would be a terrible thing for an anxious person to have, right? Because for they're real. constantly needing this reassurance. But this person doesn't know how to express themselves. And so they may not even also know how to comfort their partner either, because if they don't know how to express it, then they're not going to know how to express it back to that person. And so that's going to leave this more fear and more disconnect between the couple. Yeah. And like actually in that book, Attached, that I'm reading, which, by the way, if anyone wants to check it out, it's called um, Attached, The New Science of Adult Attachment. And how it can help you find and keep love by Amir Levine, MD, and Rachel S.F. Heller, M.A. But it's really interesting. And there's a point where they kind of introduce this one couple. It's based on just like them watching this survival like race type of show. But they give them like fake names. It's like Karen and uh, Joseph or something. I don't know. Um, and she has anxious attachment style and then he has avoidant attachment style. So in like this TV show, it was like you have to compete against other couples. So they're a team and then they almost won. And like towards the end, they gave this one example where it was they had to bungee jump 
and he was like really scared and didn't want to and she kept kind of like trying to offer her support and he just like didn't want it and he like kind of made her feel bad for like trying to help him and then he took too long so like they ended up losing that round and then there was another round I forgot what they were doing but she like you could see that she was just trying to like hold his hand like for like she wanted support like she was scared and he just would kind of brush it off and not give her that like support that she wanted and then later on they ended up interviewing them and she just felt like she was doing too much like she shouldn't have been so clingy and like searching for his comfort and she felt she blamed herself for them losing pretty much but it's definitely like that anxious avoidant dynamic Mm -hmm. and there's like a bunch of different examples i have like stuff bookmarked in here but i think it's time to get another little story let's hear it all right no, I kind of want to save the audio ones for later because they're kind of heavy, okay? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so uh, this one, this girl emailed me. She said, hey, hey, okay, so my baby daddy was a big-ass cheater. I was at work this one fine morning, and his messy-ass mom calls me and is like, hey, is that you on the phone with him because he said he's about to leave? I'm like, no, I'm at work. The fuck is going on? At this point, I already had suspicions he was cheating with his one with this one chick. So I hit the girl and was like, you better not be with him, blah, blah, blah. She's like laughing at me, telling me, yeah, I'm at his house, pull up, etc." Trying to fight, in parentheses, lol. So I pull up. Mind you, I don't know how she looks, but she knows how I look. I'm peeping to see if I see a chick looking like she's ready to fight. <laughs> So then my baby daddy comes down and I'm like, what the fuck's going on? Blah, blah, blah. The girl kicks my car and I've roomed my car forward trying to hit her car on the curb and everything. And she backs up, laugh my ass off. I could have hit this hoe and ended up in court. The end. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Baby daddy and baby mama drama is wild. Like the yeah. disrespect of this fucking man. Like first you're cheating on someone and then you have the audacity to like try to make your baby mama look stupid and have her pull up and fight this chick mm. and be on the other girl's side yeah. lord like oh my god these men do not deserve women or children or a baby mother none of that be careful out there y'all yeah don't stoop to their level straight up i mean it's so tempting it is. i feel like revenge. especially when you're that pissed off and you you know someone's like taunting you you know for real, it's I feel tough. like especially once you have like kids involved, I feel like you just feel like you're that much more like like you have like ownership over your partner like type thing. I can't think of like a better word, but like it's like if somebody tries to fuck with that, like your instincts like kick in harder more than if you didn't have kids. Because you know that you're most likely going to that person is going to be in your life for years because of that child yeah and it's like so, your family's being threatened yeah like, as a unit yeah and then you start thinking i would start thinking like i don't want this bitch like fucking around my children like yeah uh-uh. i can't imagine like praying for all the baby mamas <laughs> out there that have drama with the baby dads because lord i could not do it 
could not do it. I would have ran that bitch over. <laughs> Both of them. Like, fuck y'all. I'm living my life with my child. And y'all could die. All right. So let's get into some of my notes here. Okay. So page 21 class. Attachment principles teach us that most people are only as needy as their unmet needs. When their emotional needs are met, and the earlier the better, they usually turn their attention outward. This is sometimes referred to in attachment literature as the dependency paradox. The more effectively dependent people are on one another, the more independent and daring they become. So that, like, and they were tying in to, like, the Karen and, what name did I give him? Joseph? Mm -hmm. About how, like, if she was able to depend on him and he was able to depend on her, like, both securely... They would have felt more like free and confident doing these fucking crazy ass adventures and probably one number one and one million dollars or like how much ever the fucking prize was. Mm-hmm. And like there's another um, part where it talks about how a lot of research and like it's for babies and like relationships, how they were trying to push the whole like just let your baby soothe themselves type of thing. And like then to like adult relationships kind of translates to the whole thing about you should be able to find your happiness within yourself and not rely on your partner to make you feel better, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, to a degree. But apparently what they were referring to was more about like people that were dealing with um, like parents or like adults with like addiction and things like that, where it was like more for you to be able to detach from that and not Mm. really like a regular relationship where you don't have that. So people started like misconstruing it and it reminds me of, like, that quote with, like, Will Smith. It was, like, a video that was, like, going viral where he's talking about, like, I told Jada, like, I can't make you happy. I just felt like I could never make her happy. And I just said, like, you need to prove to me that you can be happy on your own. Like, your happiness is not my responsibility, blah, blah, blah. And, like, everyone loved it, ran with it. He makes some points. But, like, at the end of the day, you are responsible for trying to, like, be your best person for your partner and like you should fucking care about making your partner happy like why are you with someone if you like are like it's not my fault like "Mm, oh you're sad oh you're insecure or like you're needy like not my fault find happiness within you like happiness is inside you nothing to do with me that's like low-key toxic I think and I think that you play a certain role as a partner so I'm supposed to make you happy in this relationship I can't make you happy in every aspect of your life, but yeah. if I make you happy in this relationship, that's the par- where the paradox thing comes in. If I'm making you secure in this relationship, then you're going to be secure to do your own thing. Exactly. You know, and um, you know, I would uh, give my sister as a great example. Her and her husband have a very good relationship in that way, where um, one if one person is working hard and struggling in this thing in their job area, then the other person is giving full full support as a partner as a strong partner to get them to get out of that hump and then they're like okay you know and so it's just like it's not oh let me help you with the thing that you're struggling with no let me help you feel secure and confident so that you could work through this thing on your own exactly that's so important Mm -hmm. for real yeah I think like if you push your partner away and make them feel like they can't depend on you for like support that's just going to breed more insecurity more of like an anxious attachment or an avoidant attachment where like they feel like they can never come to you so it doesn't matter and that's just gonna like make you guys break up in the long run yeah you can't count on each other it's not good for nothing and the attachment is almost like like the if you look back at a child the mother is home base um so the room is like they're 
crazy place to explore, you know, you're a tiny little baby. And so you have, but when you get scared or something gets weird over in the room, then you're able to go back to mom and be like, okay, now I'm back safe with my mom. Well, as partners, it's like, okay, I'm dealing with this stressful job right now. Or, you know, this is going on with my family, but guess what? I always get to go home back to my partner and he makes me feel safe. And so it's the same thing. It's your home base as an adult. Yeah. Like if you don't have that home base, you're just going to be running around the room crying, not functioning in life. Because if you knew, like, you have a home base, then as a baby or as, like, a partner, you're going to be like, let me go over here and make some friends. Like, let me go over here and play with these toys or build some blocks or whatever. Because you know it's all good. Home base is here. Instead of crying and not functioning in life. Yeah. Just, like, all your focus is on your relationship and whether it's going to work or not, whether they're coming back, are they going to leave you? Like, that's not a healthy way to live. Like, you're not going to function well in society, in your job, with your friends, family, in any other aspect Mm -hmm. if you can't have, like, a good home base like that. Yep, exactly. Like, relationships are important. And, like, I love how in the book it also, like, breaks down why we're like that, like, biologically, back to, like, when it was, like, hunter-gatherer days and all that. It explains why relationships are important and why we have relied on relationships to survive we are very social creatures. Yeah, and it's just like a natural thing to want a relationship and like you're not crazy for trying to make shit work. You just need to find somebody with like a secure attachment or like try to have a secure attachment basically. Yeah, and if you have the insight that you don't have secure attachment, like Ashley and I, <laughs> um, <laughs> then, you know, you have the insight, let your partner know when you do this, this is how it makes me feel because they may, it may not be something where, you know, you normally should act that way in that situation and you're aware of that and just say like, this is what, this is how I feel versus like getting angry at them or them getting angry at you so that they could understand where you're coming from and they can know for next time. And, you know, it's always good to say, like, in this situation, you know, can I do this? Um, And even if so, especially with like anxious attachment, it's like, um, say, like the girl, like she tried to hold, you know, her husband's hand in that competition and he didn't want to. Right. So say that that was something that makes her always feel comfortable. Can I hold your hand when I feel like this? And so if he says yes, then she could feel secure in a future instance and say like, Hey, if I reach for your hand, will you grab it back? And he says, yes, that's going to make me feel more confident that I could do that in the future. Yeah. Instead of him being like, Oh, this bitch is being clingy. Yeah. And for him to understand, look, this is why I was trying to hold your hand and you rejected me. And if you reject me like this again, then I'm not going to feel comfortable. I can't even count on you. Like I can't even come to you, my man. To make me feel better and regulate my emotions. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Which is, like, another thing. And here, a good example. This is all in... I've read 30 pages, you guys. I'm learning so much. Okay. (laughs) 30 pages. Page 29. Oh, no. Page 27. They're talking about, like, this study. Okay. So, it was, like, all the women came into, like, a little setting where they do MRI scans. And they were going to monitor their, like, brain activity... um, Steph will explain it better once I just do a quick rundown. (laughs) Um, But basically, they told them before that they were going to give them, like, a mild, like, shock. So just to get them, like, stressed out to, like, read how um, their brainwaves, like, changed when they held somebody's hand. So, like, some of them, they just had nobody's hand to hold. They were just by themselves. And then other ones um, held the hand of just, like, a nurse or, like, somebody right there, right? And then the other ones got to hold their husband's hand. 
And then there was even a difference between um, people that reported a higher, like, um, happiness in their marriage. Like, the reaction versus people that reported less satisfaction with that. So, um, I don't know if you can explain better, like, the science behind all that. It was, like, the hippo. Yeah, fucking uh, it was the hypothalamus, I believe. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I think so. Um, so, the hypothalamus is um, the part of your brain that regulates everything. Um, your sleep, appetite, heart rate, those types of, you know, functioning kind of things. Um, so basically they were doing an MRI on the hypothalamus to see, um, if it was able to regulate itself back to like homeostasis when they were stressed out. So it seemed like they were probably also checking like the heart rate and stuff, if they were able to like lower their heart rate, if they held someone's hand. So I think, um, with the people that were happy in the relationship and they were able to hold their husband's hand that they um, were able to regulate themselves and go back to like a regular, um, homeostasis. And then for the ones that weren't happy, then it didn't do much of a difference, right? It didn't really help. Yeah, like the dip was much less significant. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it just their conclusion was, furthermore, the women who benefit most from spousal hand-holding were those who reported the highest marital satisfaction. And then it says, the study demonstrates that when two people form an intimate relationship, they regulate each other's psychological and emotional well-being. Their physical proximity and availability influence the stress response. How can we be expected to maintain a high level of differentiation between ourselves and our partners if our basic biology is influenced by them to such an extent? So it's like good to know and it's like kind of lets people know that it's normal that like you depend on your partner to like regulate your emotions. But then it like is good to also like be able to separate that and like be aware of it so that you can know that you can also calm yourself down you know like you don't need to depend on someone but it's good to know that you can and if you're Mm going to be with someone make sure to be with someone that will do that for you yeah willingly so there was a couple other attachment styles i feel like there's the three main ones that we talked about like anxious anxious avoidant and secure and then i don't know if you were able to find like a difference between like the fearful avoidant and so like the regular? fearful avoidant because there was like fearful the avoidant fearful and avoidant i believe is the disorganized oh okay um it was like fearful avoidant slash disorganized oh okay um so that one was a combination of the anxious and avoidant so what i was reading was that it was closely related to people with um, borderline personality disorder where it's like they really want to be close with others but they're so scared of being abandoned that um it's like a flip of a switch where it's like oh I wanted to be close to you and now I'm just going to completely shut off and like I don't want to you know express anything to you (laughs) any emotion to you that does sound very borderline yeah so that's that seems like what it was mostly um about it's like it's like a pretty rough combination (laughs) yeah like the TikTok example I saw because I just saw it last night and then I like sent it to you because I was like, wait, I found another one Um, is basically the girl. It's just like it shows like her thoughts and she's just like, damn, like I wish he would text me like I miss him so much. Like I love him. Like I don't want to lose him. Like, fuck, why can't we just talk like blah, blah, blah. But then like her actions are just like the complete opposite. Like Mm -hmm. she's just not texting him, not putting in any effort on her end, not explaining to him how she feels, just ghosting him, like not trying to talk it out at all. Like just trying to like put on like a cold hard front and just like ghost him basically because she like knows that she's probably going to get abandoned or rejected, even though she wants to be close so bad. 
Yeah. So that sucks. Yeah. So this is a simple way to say it. You want to play with others, but no one has ever taught you how. Oh, damn. <laughs> that is sad. That yeah. is really sad. Yeah. So you like just have no idea how to express it. That's so crazy. Yeah. So how do you think you like learn how to express these things? Like, is it just like learning terms or like how the fuck do you practice like saying the right thing? You know, I think I mean, I think it is learning terms and just practicing. I always say this and I know no one likes to journal, but I swear (laughs) (laughs) journaling is so helpful. So so I know how like good journaling could be, but I just can never bring myself to do it. But I know like it's probably so fucking like useful, especially like if you want to like study yourself and gather like your own data on yourself and see your own patterns. Yeah. And because if you're not ready to hear yourself talk out loud of expressing that emotion, that can be extra scary, I think. And a lot of people don't even like to hear their own voice. Um, And so writing it down um, and putting it away in a safe place or whatever, if you feel like that's the best way to really get your emotions out and to really start like defining them a little bit better so you might be more dramatic at the beginning you're like actually that's not how I feel <laughs> and you're able to reflect and like read back and then you could read like back do like a that. first draft yeah, second draft but <laughs> I mean it really does help and then eventually you'll be able to actually know how you're feeling and be able to express it but yeah. you have to have that secure person that you know whether it is a partner or a friend and that's also what um the attachment thing it yes it has to do with partners but a lot of these people that have these attachment styles it's um, pretty similar with their friends too of um, how close they get to their friends and stuff and um, so that is something what find somebody that you could feel secure with to be able to express yourself freely and then you know work work your way into someone that maybe you may be more fearful of being that vulnerable to interesting I just yeah okay so I feel like So it carries over into other relationships in, like, your life. Like, not just, like, your romantic relationships, right? I feel like probably a good way of, like, seeing who has, like, what attachment style would maybe be, like, to see who's good in groups of people. Like, who makes friends more easily? Who goes in the corner and keeps to themselves? But it's not only that, though. Because you think about, like, um, I was reading that... They may have a lot of friends, but they don't have any um, close friends or they may not have very many close friends because they don't know how to get that intimate with others. And so um, to to kind of reflect on that, you know, just to to figure out like, okay, how how um, fearful am I of being that vulnerable with others? Yeah, like you may have a lot of friends, but like, do you all go deep? Yeah. Like, how much do you really know about them? Like, do you really feel comfortable opening up to people? Like how many people do you have that you can really open up to yeah i mean and there's nothing wrong with having only two people like or one person or whoever but it's just like if you don't feel comfortable with anyone around you of going deep and you feel like you have all these hidden thoughts and that's something to you know really reflect on Because then it's like you're probably thinking like nobody can ever know who i really am because then they're gonna leave me because nobody will like the real me that's not healthy because you should be able to open up to at least somebody in your life you know (sighs) crazy um yeah so that was disorganized attachment style so it's just all over the place and it's the fucking worst one to have <laughs> <laughs> and it's the hardest one to work through <laughs> damn that's crazy i feel like 
I have that too. I don't know. I know. I don't know what the heck I have. I know. Is it like a test to take these? Yeah, I actually did see online that there's a test on uh, psychology today. Um, there's a test that you could take on there. So interesting. And maybe, you know, if that's you feel comfortable just using the internet real quick so you could kind of gauge where you're at and test it out on your, you know, close people, then yeah. give it a shot. <laughs> that's like a good way to just like not go in blind to yeah. just, you know, take the test, see where you land and then. Look if you have a partner, it. have your partner take the test. Yeah, so important. See where you guys clash. For real. Um, and then that kind of goes into like on and off relationships. Actually, it was funny. There was like a couple people that hit me up that kind of wanted me to talk about this topic. And I was like, this definitely ties into attachment style. So we could talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, on and off relationships. And like pretty much like the psychology behind that. And um, one person just hit me up. It was like an Instagram post. And they were like, oh, you should get into this. Like so interesting like the on and off relationships and how that's unhealthy and just like a pattern that like you need to fix and somebody else was like yeah I used to like deal with this guy I still kind of am but like I know he's not good for me but I just keep going back like I can't seem to cut him off like I just don't know what to do so I feel like that just has to do with attachment styles yeah I it I would think that an on and off relationship would it's almost um I would say it's the disorganized if you think about it, because uh, sometimes you could feel attached and, you know, that person's willing to attach to you. And then yeah. at other times it's off and you're just completely shooing them away and then you're Sheesh. back. So it's kind of like this up and down. Um, and it's you're I feel like being on and off is um, an inability to express yourself clearly from the beginning. And so there's just always some kind of misunderstanding where you guys break up, but obviously there's still something there where you guys go back. Um, So it can be comfortability. It can be fearful that you're not going to find somebody else and you're already comfortable with this person. So, um, you know, maybe you need space and then, but then you're like, oh, well, you know, I can't find anybody. And then, so I, I'm going to go back to this person because what if I don't find anybody again? Yeah. I feel like for sure it's the disorganized thing because it's like, if you get in a fight and you just break up, it's probably because you both don't know how to express yourself, yeah. even though you want, and it's on and off because you still want to be together. Yeah. So it's like, you don't actually want to break up, but you just don't know how to fucking use your words. Yeah. So you just keep breaking up, getting back together, like that push and pull. And that's mm-hmm. not healthy. And that can have a lot of damage in the long run on a relationship. One thousand percent. Because it's like, you can't rely on that person. And, and that then just it becomes goes back more to baggage. <laughs> yeah. It's baggage. And then it's just like literally that, thing of being able to count on someone like your home base like you can't have a home base if you're on and off and you can't rely on someone to just be like your rock you know yeah yeah so i would just say cut that shit off and just do it cold turkey yeah that's me either either you're gonna fully go for it but if you feel like you can't and and then it's off again then it's just like at this point why you know and you just gotta cut it yeah cold turkey do it all right So we got some more stories. I think I have one more to read and then we can do all the other ones. Um, And this was from a girl, by the way, that sent me this. I was about 16 years old dating a 21 year old and she gave me ecstasy for the first time. And I got hit by a car, broke my pinky because I was so out of it. And then when I saw her, I threw her to the floor, got on top of her, grabbed her by the jaw, and I told her I was going to kill her for what she did to me. And then she called the police, and I went to court, and they gave me the option, either I go to juvie or I go to a mental hospital. So I picked the mental hospital. 
Lord, Lord, Lord. <laughs> I mean, that's valid. Beat someone's ass for yeah. leaving you when you're on fucking drugs like yeah. that. Especially someone older. Yeah, someone 21 leaving a 16-year-old to deal with that shit by herself. Like, like you're like, 21. You're the older one. Like, if you want to be fucking weird dealing with, like, little kids, at least fucking act like you're older seriously. and take care of them. Yeah. Like, not cool. That's so, yeah, like the age gap thing is already weird. And then leaving someone when you give someone ecstasy for the first time, like the first time you do a drug, like you should be taken care of for sure. Like you should not just fucking leave someone like they could literally die. That's insane. Yeah. So Steph, you've worked in mental hospitals and jails. So yeah, I I work in both right now. Oh, you do? Yeah. So, so what would you, what would you, you think she made the right choice? She definitely made the right choice. Um, mental hospitals, way more comfortable and safe than I would say a jail. Um, I think it depends on the hospital. Cause I feel like I've also heard that like people think that it's better to go to a mental hospital, but sometimes it's not. Maybe it depends what you get put in for. So at least at the mental hospital that I work at, um, when you go to bed in the, there's two people sleeping in each room, right? But they have to leave the door open and you are constantly being checked on every 15 minutes. Um, And we are checking that you're at least breathing three times. So we're getting a very close check-in on you. Um, whereas a jail, I mean, juvie definitely different. I'm yeah. sure juvie is different. I've never seen what a juvie looks like, so I'm not sure. But um, in a regular jail, those doors are locked um, and you're stuck in there with your cellie and your cellmate. And um, you don't know what that person's like. So actually, there was an incident that happened yesterday where this girl kicked her cellie's ass and she tried to push the button for help, but her cellie didn't let her. So she got. <gasps> Like the shit she had, a, she had, was hospitalized. Oh my so God. I would definitely rather be in a mental hospital where people are constantly monitoring yeah. me and like a door's open for me to run out. <laughs> but also the crazy. food's better in a mental hospital. Um, the, the, the beds are slightly more comfortable. So you get talking, your own, sh- you get your own shower. <laughs> so we're talking like a Hilton hotel versus motel six. Exactly. Okay. Um, if, sure. if you have the option. <laughs> I feel like, I don't know, like, where I've heard this or if it's, like, movies or something where it's just, like, if you go to a mental hospital and, like, you don't actually have issues and you go to, like, maybe, like, a really bad one where it's just, like, the people with the more severe issues where, like, they, like, make you take, like, pills and stuff like that and then you can end up stuck there and, like, they don't believe you because once you're in, they just think you're crazy no matter what you say type thing. I feel like that's more theatrical. Um, Unless you went to Patton where, like, it's, like, a more of a long-term um criminally insane mental hospital but other mental hospitals um it's like a month i would say max but you're never stuck there we don't want to keep you there that long okay <laughs> we want you out like you know let's help you recover let's stabilize you and let's get you out but like keeping someone for more than that and actually in mental hospitals they can't force you to take medication unless okay. you're being aggressive or you're harming yourself so okay. um you know you can actually say I, I don't want medication okay so these movies are wrong or maybe this was like back in the day or something definitely okay so yeah. maybe it's just like period pieces back or in the that day they there was like the, um a mental hospital i interned at they actually were able to chain people underground and keep them there oh my god 
So things have changed, and I know that it can still be very stigmatizing to get sent to a mental hospital, but it actually is just to stabilize you, and there is really nice people there um, for the most part. You know, there's obviously bad experiences, but it's not as scary as some people think it is. Okay, yeah, I think it's mostly just, like, um, shows and TV that are set in, like, back then. Oh, yeah. Because I'm thinking, like, the more recent one. Like, um, to kill a mockingbird. (laughs) Oh, my God. No, um, that chess series that was like on netflix oh, uh-huh. so that girl were like they have to get in line and take their pill and like they'll like make you like open your mouth and make sure that you swallowed it like every single day you have to go get your pills and shit yeah. like that but I'm, like now that i'm thinking it's more older like shit that's set in like the past yeah so definitely if you guys have the choice go to the mental hospital ah <laughs> 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 oh, all right so now for these next two, um, I want to give a quick, just like a trigger warning, just because um has to deal with like narcissistic abuse. Um, yeah, and domestic violence. Yeah, and all of that. So proceed with caution. Um, yeah, and thank you so much again for everyone for submitting. And I hope that these stories can help people and make you feel not alone and recognize what you're dealing with if you are dealing with it and you don't realize that it's bad you know um steph i think you have basically i was 25 um and i was on tinder looking for a match or looking for someone hot to talk to so that's how I met my ex. We met through Tinder and, you know, everything was so good. Everything was like a honeymoon stage, you know. I hadn't had a boyfriend in a while and I was a single mom already. So to meet a new person was kind of like, oh, wow, I found love again. And it's just crazy. So here goes. Basically, um, you know, we kind of like hit it off and I really liked him. I liked a lot of his personality, you know. Um, Basically, I was really attracted to him physically, his tattoos, he was handsome, but that wasn't all, like, I guess, because I fell in love with him so fast through Tinder and through pictures and through small text messages, you know, you don't know a person all the way. So after that, um, basically, you know, he ended up just making me feel like he was Mr. Right and... I introduced him to the family and everybody loved him. He was such a good guy, handyman, doing all kinds of things to my car, you know, fixing tires and everything, you know, the brakes, all this crazy stuff. I had no idea that I would have to be paying like a bunch of money at a mechanic shop. So he kind of like swept me off my feet a little bit with a lot of the things that he did and knew how to do. So we ended up, you know, establishing a relationship really quick and he told me that he wanted to get with me and um, I told him, yeah, you know, so we ended up dating and like four months later, I was dating, I found out I'm pregnant, I get kicked out of my house, and to move in with him and then here's where the crazy began. He ended up just being a supportive boyfriend in the beginning of the pregnancy, you know, very happy, you know, he never had a child before, so it would be his first child. And so after that, um, I started, you know, being very pregnant. So, um, I noticed that he had little weird patterns on him, like, um, he started, like, detaching himself from me, like, if the pregnancy, like, detached, like, distanced ourselves more, like, not with the baby, but with me and him, like, 
I was always like on him, like, why are you not doing this with me and this and that? Well, finds out that, turns out that he ended up just like being bored, I guess, and just wanted to like hang out with friends. But he would, he would go out and he would like, you know, started doing all these things that I had no clue about. Like he started doing drugs and all this shit. So I started getting like unattracted to him throughout the, the pregnancy and the relationship already. Like I was stressed out, like a lot of crazy things, you know. And for him to make me feel like that, it was just too much. So I ended up um, having the baby and, um, you know, it was kind of normal for a little bit. And so after that, I noticed like, you know, like he stopped working and he was, he was like just being at the house and it just like kind of changed him, you know? So I ended up um, having the baby. So then he like would say he would have dreams about like, you know, when we would get into fights and how like, like god was talking to him and everything about like changing his life around and all this stuff right so he started telling me all these things then he started doing drugs and then he um you know just i just had no clue like i don't know why i'm so stupid i had no clue the type of drugs he was using i guess because i don't use those type of drugs i don't know what the hell's going on like what happens to your body how to find out symptoms like so he became very toxic girl and um i don't know we started fighting a lot we ended up like cheating on each other but it was more like i would only talk but he actually would meet up with people you know he like hacked my um instagram and my um you know he hacked my instagram he hacked my um my social medias my phone my google he would like find out where i was at and he even wanted me to like download this freaking app where we would track each other to establish trust which is so stupid so at this point of our relationship which lasted like three years um off and on going like back and forth um i would kick him out of the house he would come back i would kick him out of the house he would come back and then like it started to get to a point where it was just so crazy that he would slash my tires so that I wouldn't go looking for where he was where he was at. He didn't want me to have like any transportation. He didn't want me to have any f way to like find out where he what what he was really doing. So then um, he tried to do the manipulating thing. He was very like abusive and all this stuff. So he did turn very crazy, you know. So to me, it was like I've never had anybody do that, you know, and. Like, just do the manipulating thing, like, blame everything on you and all this stuff, you know, when you know in reality that it could be two people's faults for a lot of things, you know what I mean? But he was just, like, in denial, like, just saying it was me, that it was me. I made him, many ways that he said that I made him turn me around, but so, girl, we had to end that relationship, unfortunately. I ended up being a single mom again, and... Basically, I never spoke to him again, and right now things are complicated because we have a child, but, um, yeah, that's my story, basically. I, you know, how somebody could just seem like they're Mr. Perfect and Mr. Right, and then it's just like your whole life and everything turns upside down. So that was a really tough call for me, um, but luckily I'm, you know, moving forward now, I have a different mindset, and... I'm so thankful that, you know, I was able to see a lot of things that I couldn't see before. 
So, yeah, just heads up to everybody, you know, going through, you know, their stage of honeymoon and, you know, still be aware and still always be cautious of the person that you're with because you just never know who they really are, you know? Facts, yo. So, so glad you left that shit and made it out alive because those type of situations do not end well for a lot of women. Mm-hmm. And then, like, my first thought um, at the beginning was, like, she got love bombed. Yeah. Like, the doing shit for you, being Mr. Perfect, just taking shit off your plate, all that. And that's how they get you. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's why you got to, like, be careful and just be with people for, like, a minute before you decide to move in. And, like, that's hard, especially, like, if you get pregnant. Yeah. <sighs> that's so sad. But um, I said narcissist. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be able to tell just off of that. But it does sound like he did take advantage that she was a single mother. And um, he, like you said, love-bombed and um, was showing her um, all the provider, um, you know, flags of just like oh like look at he's you know um fixing up my car doing all this and everything and showing like oh like he'd be a great father you know for her to want him to stick around because she does have to be a protective person um when she has a child and so he was really showing her where she was feeling comfortable to introduce him to the family and all those things so it is scary that um even if a person seems like they're you know perfect well at the beginning that you still have to have that it's kind of sad to just still think like well like still gotta kind of see how it is more long term right yeah i'm glad you got through it girl yeah and like you got your babies so just take care of them and you could still find a good man even if you have other kids from relationships you see it all the time just don't feel like you're not worth it or like you're not like valuable or whatever like there's actually a lot of people out there that would want to take care of you and your family and provide for you and be a good person for you but like I'm glad that you know now like what that looks like what those red flags look like because a lot of people go through that and like that's the sad part is like you don't really know until you go through it Mm -hmm. unless like somebody has talked to you about it but like even then like a lot of times people don't learn their lessons until they go through it themselves and it's hard to like know when you're in that situation like with narcissist specifically whether he is or he's not but um follow on tiktok that guy mental healness i think i'll add his thing i like used a clip of his before for another episode because he's Mm -hmm. like a self-aware like self diagnosed self-aware narcissist and like his information is just like so insightful and just like good to know and like it's coming from someone with like diagnosed narcissism So him, like, telling you shit, like, he acts out, like, the way people would talk, like, in a relationship. Like, when you're, like, the partner and he's, like, the narcissist and just, like, so many people in the comments are just, like, damn, like, this is so, like, familiar. Like, this is my husband or blah, blah, blah. And it's just, like, crazy, but pretty much just, like, arm yourself with just knowledge and knowing and now you know better. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so this next one is a little bit longer and um it's also just super intense so trigger warning once again um this one's a lot more in detail so this might not be psycho but it is kind of psycho to me it's extremely psycho for the fact that this last person i was last in a relationship with met him 
over Tinder for the fact that I moved to a new city and I had no friends and I just wanted, you know, some homies to kick it with, to vibe out and smoke out with, whatnot. Long story short, met him on Tinder, met up with him after work, vibed out, you know, everything was cool. He ended up telling me this whole fucking false ass story upon that he just got out of jail because his baby mama, you know, did a false DV report on him and that she was psycho, that she was the one, you know, doing the whole fucking fucking around and cheating on him and claiming that he would beat her up when she was doing it to herself, that she would lock herself up in the restroom and hit herself and bang herself on the walls and, you know, all this crazy shit. And to make it worse, his mom and his brothers saying the same exact fucking story, saying that the baby mom was psycho, that, you know, she was doing all this shit to hurt herself, to claim that he was doing it, and, you know, so on. So, two months into the relationship, he's over here talking to me upon... Oh, I'm fucking done. I'm gonna move to Arizona. My cousin already told me, like, let me just go back. Since my family's giving me bullshit. And, you know, I'm just tired of the shit. I'm tired of being treated like shit. I'm tired of everybody putting me down. You know, I'm the black shoe of the family. Like, literally doing everything. Everything to fucking brainwash me, manipulate me and so on so between those two months he ends up getting into this argument with his whole family like some shit popped off with his brothers this who goes in on some cycle shit and he just pops off you know talking shit to his grandpa and telling his grandpa like if you're just trying to kick me out like just tell me now you know like being so fucking psycho like literally like trying to score up with his gramps and all that shit and so his grandpa kicked him out that night, he got all his shit, he took it out, and he just had it there. Actually, he packed it in my car, and like, what are you doing? Like, I'm not about to fucking, you know, fuck up my life because of you. Like, I'm not going to move out of Cali, I'm not going to move away from my family because of you, just because you want to. Like, not still there, you know, trying to be the good person that I am, telling you know, like, just work it out with your family, you know, don't worry, do, do, do. and then he starts getting mad, like, you know, he just fucking starts being all bipolar, like, you know what, fuck you too, fuck everybody, you don't give a fuck about me, you don't love me, you know, fuck that, da, da, da. he gets everything out of his car, he starts tossing all of my shit that I had, my personal belongings from my car, breaking shit, you know, and then arguing with me, and then he ends up fucking pulling my necklace off and throwing it, and at that point, I was like, dude, like, I'm over here, like, trying to cry for help, and his family gives no fuck, like, his mom just walks up the stairs, you know, minding her own business, like, at that point, I was like, dude, like, what the fuck is wrong with you, like, this is some psycho, psycho shit, and he just goes off on me, like, the whole night. So after that, I guess he kept his cool whatnot. I ended up still fucking going home. I didn't give a fuck. I was like, you know, fuck you. Like, I don't give a fuck where the fuck you sleep at. Like, this is your shit, you know? Like, you cause it upon yourself. Ended up inviting him to celebrate my sister's birthday with us. And, you know, that night was whatever. The next day, we went out to eat. I took him out to eat because he was a broke-ass fool. 
he started getting all crazy because some fool just kept looking at him. Like, some fool just kept dodging him. And this fool was already drunk, you know, buzzing with them. Going crazy, like, oh, I'm gonna fuck that fool up. You know, fuck that shit. Like, I'm some crazy shit again. And I'm over here trying to calm him down, like, being super fucking embarrassed. Because I'm like, dude, like, this is not the place. He ends up fucking driving because he wants to go hit a dispensary. And he's driving like a fucking maniac. And I'm just like, oh, no. Like... So I'm doing the most, you know, trying to, like, fake the whole, like, I need to throw it, like, please stop the car, like, I need to throw it, and he did not give a fuck, like, and I started, you know, making myself gag more, and that's when he, like, tried turning into this parking place, he ends up fucking popping my tire, and let me tell you, my car was only, like, four days old, literally, like, I just got my fucking car, fucks up my car, still drives it with the fucking tire pop, fucks up my tire and all that, and as I'm waiting, because I caught the tow truck, this fool starts going psycho, like, going down the street, you know, starting shit with the security guard at this one fucking company. The security calls the cops, that fool over here trying to cry wolf, like, nah, like, he tried getting crazy with me, like, we're just waiting here, we're waiting for the tow truck, do-do-do, all that. And the cops talks to me, and my dumbass, instead of saying, oh, yeah, like, he's out here trying to threaten me, like, you know, he keeps calling me a bitch, you know, he's saying that he's gonna sock me out, like, you know, he, at that moment, like, he blocked out, I guess, like, he's, like, his emotions turned off, and he became, like, this evil-ass fucking person, and there I was, like, a fucking dumbass, manipulated as fuck, like, backing him out, telling the cops, no, no, like, you know, we're just here, like, I don't know, do 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 so after that, like, he goes crazy, he takes off, well, my sis, my mom and my sister get there, because my mom's fucking talking shit to me, like, what the fuck, da -da -da. and he's, he's over here talking shit, like, it's just materialistic shit, da -da -da. like, no respect at all, like, and I'm gonna tell you, I just met my mom and my sister that day, and, yeah, so, goes on, I still fucking stay with this fool, find out that this fool was a crystal addict, this fool was staying, sniffing, like, how the fuck do you get the money to get this shit, like, he was a fucking meth head, I guess you can say, I still moved out with him to Arizona by myself, not, you know, having family out there, but I couldn't go see my family, I couldn't talk to my family, I couldn't even, like, you know, be on the phone with my parents without this fool tripping, like, on some jealous shit, I couldn't even be talking to the homegirls or texting the homegirls, my co-workers, because this fool thought that I was cheating on him. He thought I was talking to somebody else. He ended up losing his job because of some fuck shit he did. As in, um, it was New Year's Eve. And some shit popped out with his family on the way back. Like, I'm over here drunk as fuck, like, not knowing, like, much of where I'm at. And this was like... You know, like, find a fucking gas station. Like, we need fucking gas. If you don't fucking find a gas station, like, I'm gonna fuck you up, bitch. Like, all this shit, you know? Like, being so fucking crude to me. And so, you know, I found a gas station. I'm trying to give him directions, and he's not listening to me. And I'm like, no, like, this way, this way. Like, and then that's when he started fucking punching me out. Like, he literally started socking the fuck out of me, like, in my face. Like, left me two black eyes. And then we pull up to the apartment. And his cousin was there waiting for him, you know, to fuck that fool up because of some shit he did. And, you know, there I am, backing his ass up. Cops got there, and I blamed his cousin for everything, you know. I was like, you know, his cousin did this, like, his cousin hit me, like, his cousin socked me out, like, I was just trying to stop it. Like, instead of, 
telling the cops the true fucking story. You know, time went on. He ended up fucking me up again at his aunt's house. Like, badly, like, fucking me up outside, like, of the apartment complex. I'm fucking yelling for help, screaming for help, and nobody, nobody in the apartments came out. Like, and at that point, that's when I knew, like, you need to leave this shit. You need to fucking leave this shit because that shit's not healthy for shit. He fucked me up twice. He damaged my car. He got to a point that he ended up damaging my apartment, like, that night, that... I said, I'm done. That night, he was hitting me with the crowbar on my side when I was on the phone with the operator and got back home the next morning to pick up my shit. And instead of me doing the whole thing of calling the cops to let them know that I need a cop to escort me into my apartment to get my stuff, I just went by myself. That fool was it. He did the same shit. He started grabbing my hair, grabbing my shirt, telling me to get the fuck inside. And that's when he realized that I was on the phone with the operator again. And I feel bucked it. But when I tell you guys, he fucked up my apartment. He fucked everything up. Broken walls, broken windows. Everything was broken. Everything. Blood everywhere because he cut himself. Like, it was some psycho shit. He was calling me and telling me, please help me. Like, I want to go home. I want to go home. Like, how can you just leave me here? Like, please. Like, I just want to go home. We don't have to be together. Like, I just want to go home. Like, on some kid shit, talking about, like, I don't know what happened, like, down, like, the walls, the TV, like, crying, like, you don't be, like, a little bitch, like, please don't leave, like, all this fucking bullshit, like, please, can we, like, have our last shower together, can we have our last kiss, like, can we please just have our last meal together, like, at that point, I was like, dude, this guy needs help, <laughs> like, it was so fun, like, I'm like, if he gets locked up, I'll be happy as fuck. But at the same time, like, his family is a little bitch, so that they will still bail him out. That was the whole reason why he was out already, because he had got bailed out, and his baby mama bailed him out. And at that point, I was like, wait, this is some fishy shit. How is your baby mama gonna lock you up for DV and bail you out? So that's when I realized, like, your family's psycho as well. Your family is a fucking threat just like you're a fucking threat your family literally fucking threatens your baby mama to bail you out they scared the shit out of her just so she could bail you out and she still ended up back with him after i left his ass you know after literally knowing what the fuck he did to me and that's when i knew like bro like this is some literally psycho shit right here so yeah, I left, I came back home to California. After that, you know, I just changed my number, I blocked him. And, you know, he still kept on, like, having, like, people hit me up, like, on some undercover shit, like, trying to, like, you know, get information off of me. And after that, that's when I decided to make a whole new Instagram. I decided just to, like, start fresh on my own. And now, a year later, you know, I realized, like, down counter like you literally went through shit that other people went through you went through shit that you never thought you were gonna go through and i always say like that like i literally lived my mom's nightmare like my mom went through some shit with my pops you know my pops put my mom through hell and i'm like damn the fact that i had to go through hell too like what i do to deserve this and that's why i tell people if you see those little red flags, especially the whole bipolar mood swings on a fool, like, 
don't flock for it, you know, don't flock for the fucking cry wolf shit because these fools are never gonna change, ever. Damn. So there's levels to that shit, yeah. yo. Like, my heart was breaking. First time I heard that, I almost cried because that shit is fucked up. And, like, no one deserves to go through that. And she is just, like, so strong. <laughs> like, holy fuck. And I'm just, like, so happy that you seem to be, like, good now. Like, in a good place where you can look back and just, like, talk about it openly. And I'm glad you were willing to share. Because, like, it's very similar to, like, the last girl's story. Like, I feel like if she would have stayed with that guy, it would have escalated to, like, mm-hmm. this. And, like, usually the shit does does end up in, like, death. Yeah. Like, domestic violence, violence, all that. It's crazy. And then just, like, the crystal meth and, like, the drugs. Yeah. And it's really interesting um, working at the jail because um, I will talk to uh, people, a lot of people like that, too, where, one, <laughs> I've told Ashley this before, don't do meth because you will end up in jail. I would say... of the people I see have done meth or did a lot of meth the day they got arrested. So don't do meth. Oh, what the fuck does meth do to you? I, I mean, it's a amphetamine. So it, um, high energy, you get crazy. I'm guessing that like, I mean, you see people, um, you know, um, do a lot of impulsive stuff. So I think that that's what it also has to do with is um, just being really impulsive um where you get into shit that you know ends up getting you arrested do you think it like affects people differently based on like maybe if you're predisposed to being like a violent person already or just like it's fair game like if you just do meth it seems pretty fair game because i mean you you see that there's people that do meth and you're like okay that person did meth and then you see changes like your brain yeah but and then you see people that are like oh you know and like i've been sex trafficked and you know they gave me meth or they gave me this, and you know, so it's just people that end up in jail because they were given meth. But there's also, but anyway, um, there's so many people that are like, oh, I'm in here because my baby mama, um, she said that I did this. Or there's even women that are like, oh, my, I, I just had a woman that was like, yeah, my husband tried to pull shit where, like, you know, he said that I beat him, nah, nah, nah. and then, yeah, this time um, my 13-year-old daughter, um, got me in jail because she called the police da, 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 da. and i'm just like interesting you're like lying <laughs> you have two different stories of two different people well, that why tried is everyone to, lying on you yeah and you know um but a lot of these people they all I'll, like i'll look and they have multiple charges for domestic violence and i'm just like really you're in here because your baby mama tried to like fake this thing for you really she beat herself up you keep telling yourself that sir like <laughs> that's so wild and just like the level like that they'll try to just manipulate yeah people on and like this story was just crazy to me like the fact that like his family was like supportive of his ways and like in on the shit with him like that's also fucking psycho and backing him up yeah. like enabling him yeah. like it's so fucking no wonder sad. he believes it though you know no wonder why he just pushes through and keeps like saying whatever he wants to say because he's been enabled this whole time yeah everyone around him just like backs him up no yeah. matter what like and then um i also caught what this person was saying was that um she was living her mom nightmare so you know her mom went through it too and it you know it's like an intergenerational trauma where she ends up experiencing the same the same thing that her mother probably never wanted her to have to experience personally yeah and like i don't know the statistics but i know i've like heard it before how like usually if like you're a victim of domestic violence like it's more likely that your kids will 
be involved in yeah. domestic violence yeah. as if well. you don't heal from it if you kind of keep similar patterns around them then they you know are more likely to experience it as well yeah it's crazy but that's like why it's a good thing that like she got herself out of that and that she could look back and like realize and like it seems like both these girls like have like a new mindset and like can see that and like hopefully can keep pushing forward Mm -hmm. and be strong because like that's some crazy shit to go through like that really takes the cake on like fucking psycho shit yo like it's scary like that's really terrifying and like that first red flag him ripping her necklace off and like breaking her shit that's probably gonna escalate and like that's usually where it starts they like kind of just like test you and they usually um hit things that aren't them like walls and stuff like that to just sort of threaten and show you what they're capable of and then eventually when um like it's he he did the the very stereotypical thing where you know they moved to a different state um she wasn't allowed to leave so he like separated her physically and isolation then, yep and just keep isolating her more and more and more where suddenly she's now tracking on her phone and all those kinds of things it's just it's very typical and common and you it starts with you know just one red flag that you have to really keep an eye out for that's crazy man that is wild and like Ugh, I just, like, wish I knew, like, the science behind, like, why people are like that. I mean, obviously drug use and, like, I guess, like, for both of these, they both didn't know that, like, they were using drugs. <laughs> I don't know. Do you know, like, much about drugs or, like, what it looks like when someone's on drugs or, like, how to spot it, like, early? Because I feel like unless you do drugs, you don't fucking know. No, I especially for meth, I don't know any casual meth um, users. <laughs> Is there such thing as, like, a casual? They, according to the inmates, they're like, oh, no, I just see a little meth here and there. And I'm like, I'm just, like, a social <laughs> meth head. Yeah, like, just a little, just a little. I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, that's crazy. I don't know. Is that usually, like, a, a, do you do, like, a certain drug first and then get into meth? Like, how the fuck do you get into meth, you know? Mm, like, yeah. I mean, it's usually, like, pills. It could be pills. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, ecstasy, sometimes you have to be careful because that could be cut with meth. And that's why, you know, if um, people will be like, oh, yeah, I didn't sleep forever after I took that molly or whatever. I'm like, was it molly? (laughs) (laughs) Probably laced with some meth. (laughs) We're being real. You have to be careful. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, honestly, unless you're, like, getting, like, really good, expensive, good drugs, like, from the source, then you're probably getting some shit that's cut with. Yeah. something yeah so i mean yeah you, you have to be careful yeah that sucks because it's like how the fuck do you know if like your partner is like on fucking drugs like you really have no especially idea. if you're you know if your family didn't come from meth addicts or anything you don't know what that looks like and it just looks like weird behavior you just think they're like a little off like yeah oh it's cool yeah. love him <laughs> it's a little yeah. quirky sometimes yeah Ugh, that's terrifying i don't know i guess you just gotta like really just stay vigilant yeah, especially, um, you know, both of these girls met their partners through Tinder. So they didn't have those um, connections of like, oh, yeah, my friend said that he's cool or my friend knew him at this age or whatever, where it's like you kind of can have someone else give you a little rundown of their personality or how they are with others. So when you meet someone on Tinder, it's just like that's their best chance at you know, getting close with others because no one really knows their behavior yet and they don't have anyone be like, dude, watch out for that person because they're this way. So that's, you know, something to think about. Yeah, actually, I feel like I saw something that said, like, most people on dating apps have some kind of, like, insecure attachment style and, like, Mm. that's why they end up just... 
they're looking for something which like it's not a bad thing it's not to say everyone on there is yeah. like that way but it should be like something you think about going into tinder is the realizing you don't know shit about these people that's a gamble you have to take like at least when you meet people like in real life you met them in like a real setting where they would be out with their friends or with whoever or it's like a friend of a friend or somebody knows them like there's no way to vet yeah. people on tinder like yeah. you're literally just showing people what you want them to see yeah so i would say if you are going to choose to go on a dating app to take it extra slow because it is a lot to learn about a person from like square one you know what i mean yeah and definitely be careful for like that love bombing because if you don't know about love bombing it could just seem like you just found prince charming so just be careful if like someone's just like overly loving and overly willing to do things for you right away and like saying i love you all fast like it might be kind of hard to decipher between someone that's just really into you but just note it and then see their behavior moving forward like how Mm -hmm. she said like oh like the bipolar thing which is pretty much just mood swings like you know i don't know if he's actually bipolar but just like those crazy like dr jekyll mr hyde Mm -hmm. flip of a switch being sweet and then just fucking snaps that's scary Mm -hmm. like you need to be careful with people like that yeah (sighs) all right well That was crazy. Happy Halloween almost to everyone. Thank you so much, Steph, for joining me. Thanks for having me. Yeah, this was fun. Uh, you got any plans for Halloween? Uh, Are we just, hanging out? Yeah, on Saturday. Wild 7 Halloween party. Got any uh, costume suggestions? Send them our way. <laughs> for real. We both don't know what we're going to be yet. So send us a cute like, couple costume yes. ideas, whatever. Again, thank you so much to everyone that sent in your psycho stories. That shit was wild. Girls are strong. (laughs) For real. Like sending so much love and strength to you. Thank you everyone for tuning in. Day one listeners, new listeners. Shout out to Wild Seven Studios again. Um, yeah, and thank you again, Steph, for stopping by, blessing us with your knowledge and all that. Everyone, figure out your attachment styles. Go look into it. Go pick up that book attached to that I am reading. I'll try to give updates. I'm a really slow uh, reader, which is why I haven't given updates. I feel like I mentioned that I was reading this book, like, episode two of the season. <laughs> um, it takes me a lot to just sit down and focus on one thing. My brain's just always like, go, 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 go. So yeah, um, happy Halloween. Everyone have a good weekend. Happy birthday to Mariah the Scientist. We'll listen to more of her music. And you guys have a beautiful night, day, weekend, week. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.